entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builders Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning and journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders so they can inspire others. I'm proud to let you know we record the Business Builder Show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of the Bold Gold Media Group in Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find all our shows and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. My special guest today is Whitney Johnson. Hi, Whitney. How are you? Hi, Marty. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I don't always do a long introduction, but this time, not long, just detailed, but I think it's important, Whitney. I'm going to read her right off the back of the book cover of your latest book, which the title is Build an A-Team, Play to Their Strengths and Lead Them Up the Learning Curve. Whitney Johnson is a CEO advisor and the author of the critically acclaimed Disrupt Yourself, putting the power of disruptive innovation to work, and she did that in 2015. Previously, she was an award-winning Wall Street analyst and co-founded the Disruptive Innovation Fund with Clayton Christensen. If you don't know that name, hmm, then I'm surprised you're listening to this show. Um, Whitney is a frequent keynote speaker on disruption, is recognized as one of the world's most influential management thinkers by Thinkers 50 and Fortune, and hosts the weekly Disrupt Yourself podcast. I'm going to repeat that. She hosts the weekly Disrupt Yourself podcast. Again, Whitney, uh, welcome to the show. I'm going to say your book again, and I'm going to ask a question. The book is Build an A-Team, Play to Their Strengths, and Lead Them Up the Learning Curve. And you talk about the S-curve. That's where we have to start, Whitney. Absolutely. Let's start with the S-curve. So everybody who's listening, first of all, thank you for that introduction. That was lovely. Um, (laughs) Everybody who's listening, I want you to picture in your head an S. And I want you to think about at the base of the S, and then you move up to, up along the S and then the top. So here's what the S curve is. As I was working and investing in disruption, we were using this S curve that was popularized by E.M. Rogers to help us gauge how quickly an innovation would be adopted. So it's been around for decades. Mm-hmm. But the big aha that I had around this S uh, curve is that it doesn't just apply to products. It also applies to people. Mm. And so here's what it looks like. At the base of the S, um, 
a lot of time passes and it looks like very little is happening. And so with a product, you're like, is it going to, you know, are people going to buy it? Are they going to buy it? Are they going to buy it? And you don't know. Well, with people and learning, what happens is you start something new. You don't know how to do it. There's this whole jumble of pieces. You're trying to figure things out. You're at the loan of the S curve. You're working hard and it feels like nothing is happening. That's because that exponential growth of learning hasn't kicked in. And so what you need to know about the bottom of the S is you're probably going to be here for about six months on any sort of regular job or entrepreneurial venture. And given that you're there and given that it doesn't look like anything's happening, you now know that you might feel discouraged, but don't be discouraged because this is part of the process. Mm -hmm. But then once you put in those, that hard work, you start to move into this steep part of the S, the back of the S, that sleek part Mm. where everything starts to to kind of fall into place those pieces of the puzzle you start to say oh I think I might know what this looks like things are hard but they're not too hard they're easy but not too easy and this is the exciting part of the learning curve where you're feeling engaged you're feeling competent and with this comes confidence and that typically lasts from year one to three when you're taking on a new project Mm. and then you get to the top of the curve and now you're at the top of the curve that flat part of the S and you think yay I'm here I'm a master which is kind of exciting but because you're no longer learning, your brain isn't getting all the dopamine hits that feel Mm. good effects of learning. And so you can actually get bored. Mm. And so you can stay there for a while. But if you stay there too long, what looks like a plateau quickly becomes a precipice. And so what you need to do is you need to jump to a new curve. So you want this cycle of you learn, you move up the curve, you leap, you jump to the bottom of a new curve, and you repeat. And so that's the S or learning curve. Okay, I'm going to hit you with a fastball immediately. <laughs> Please. So here I am. I'm at the top of the curve. I'm, I'm the big man. I'm the main dude. You asking me to start at the bottom? What What are you saying here? Talk to me about that. Yeah, that's such a great question. So you're saying you're the CEO of, a, yeah. of an organization, or you're the founder of the organization? Like yeah. seriously? Like what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So there are a couple of thoughts. First of all, um, there is the real possibility that it is time for you to do something new. And if it is time for you to do something new, you know it in your in you know mm. the deep part of your gut. And and one of my mentors, Marshall Goldsmith, who has coached 150 CEOs, mm-hmm. when it's time to go it's time to go. Hmm. You can stay, you, you don't want to stay, you can leave one year too early, but you don't want to leave one day too late because bad things That's happen. Great, so yeah, yeah. consider that possibility. Now, let's say you're the owner of the business. There are a couple of different things you can do. Number one is there are ways that you can get yourself to, or put yourself on new learning curves without changing your role. You can decide. Um, so for example, Gary Ridge, who's the CEO of WD40, he's been in that slot for 20 years. Their market cap has grown from $250 million to $1.8 billion. He's been able to have successive S-curves. And one of the things they've done is expanded into new markets. Now, you don't want to expand into a new market just because you're bored. But the expansion of a new market or into a new market and finding new ways to grow can be definitely an opportunity for you to jump to the bottom of a learning curve. The other thing that you can do to keep yourself fresh is... If you've ever seen that show Undercover Boss or you're aware of Undercover Boss, I think sometimes we get stale because we don't have different points of view. And so one of the things you can do is you can go do a drive-by, like sit in the seat of every single person in your organization, or not every single person, but the different functional roles. and have that experience that they're having and see what you discover. So there are some things that you can do. Sometimes you should leave. Sometimes you just have to find new ways to grow. 
And sometimes you do a drive-by so that you can get a new perspective. One of the things um, that I like when I have people on like you um, is I like being challenged myself. I learned a lot from you, Whitney, and uh, sometimes that surprises me, quite frankly. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I learned a lot, and I was very challenged by what you're saying, and it made me think of my own uh, career, my own life, and the things that I've gone through and the clients that I work with. So I was challenged by that. Uh, let me make another comment. Um, the WD-40 story that you told was unbelievable. Don't tell it, because I want them to buy the book. But it is an incredible story. My guest is Whitney Johnson, and her book is Build, a, Build an A-Team, Play to Their Strengths and Lead Them Up the Learning Curve. Um, you have a diagnostic tool, do you not, Whitney? Talk, talk to I us do. about that. I do. Yeah, so one of the questions that people often ask is, okay, so how do I know if I'm at the top of my learning curve? And, and I think instinctively we have a sense of, of whether or not we're at the top of the curve, but we put together a diagnostic. Um, and if you go to my website, WhitneyJohnson.com forward slash diagnostic, you can take this S-curve or learning curve locator that will tell you whether you're at the low end of the curve, the sweet spot of the curve, or at the high end of the curve. What can be interesting, I think, and, and, you know, instinctively, we know where we are. And so that's useful on its own. But what's really useful about that learning curve locator is to administer it to a team or yeah. to an organization and yeah. see where people are. Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a great uh, uh, application for it. Um, so with that being the case, if I want to uh, have my team do this or a team take this, why is it why is it important that people recognize uh, where they are on this s curve why is it important for the organization to understand that yeah so what happens is that if you think about it every every single person is on a learning curve including you and it sounds like you've had some great insights around that and every person in your organization is on that learning curve and what we've found in our research is that you build an a team a team that can innovate a team that can manage through change by optimizing those learning curves. So yeah. at any given time, you want to have about 70% of your people in this sweet spot of the right. learning curve, that steep part of the curve. You want to have 15% of your people at the low end, and you want to have 15% of your people at the high end. And the reason you want 70 in the sweet spot is, again, they know enough, but not too much. So you can throw a lot at them. You can give them a lot of constraints, a lot of challenges, and they're going to innovate their way out of those. And so that helps the organization really stay vibrant and vital. You want 15% of your people at the low end. Remember those people who don't know what they're doing? They're yeah. kind of slow. Well, yeah. the thing that they do for you is they ask questions like, yeah. why do we do it like this? And sometimes those are kind of pesky and they feel even a little bit threatening. But those, if we can hold those and and be and realize that there's so much potential insight for innovation there, then those people at the low end of the curve are hugely valuable. And when I say low end of the learning curve, I don't mean necessarily just at the beginning of your career. That it could be, but it also could be just a new CEO. It could be someone taking on a new role, changing from one, you know, area, you know, they've got domain expertise and they've focused on marketing and now they're in finance, for example. Okay. Um, that's another way to jump to a new learning curve or even a new customer base. And then, okay, so that's the low end. And at the high end, you need that 15% of people who are on the top of the mountain, who sure. have this perspective, who can say, well, we've tried this, we've tried that, who 
can bring people along, who can really mentor and nurture and facilitate collaboration. But they can't stay there too long because if you stay there too long, as I said a moment ago, they get bored. And what happens when you get bored? Well, you either leave or you get complacent. And bored and complacent people do not innovate. They get disrupted. And so for a team, for an organization, when you administer this learning curve locator, if you're in trying to optimize that 15, 17, 15, what you know is if you have too many people at the high end, now you're at risk. And yeah. so if you want to lower your we're about to be disrupted score, you've got to get some of your people off the high end. And you can do that in lots of different ways, but you do need to move some of them so they're back in a place where they're like, I don't know what I'm doing, so they can get to a point where they can start to innovate on behalf of the organization. And again, for themselves, because when we learn, leap, and repeat, we're engaged, we're happy, we're productive, they win, and the company wins. Yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking through the whole thing, reading the book and uh, what you were just saying, just how critically it is, this is, to remaining innovative and competitive uh, you cannot be complacent in this world. Um, you just cannot. I don't care. I don't care if you have a plumbing business. <laughs> no, you, you can't, can't. You cannot stay put. There is no thing as staying uh, staying put, if you will. Can you think of any examples? Now you use several examples. I won't pick one. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a, a great gauge or an example. You know, can you think of one or two? Uh, example of what though? Oh, uh, exactly. The, the whole going through the whole, you know, examples of it in terms of people successfully implementing this or in their lives and or their organizations. Um, yeah. So a, a couple of um, thoughts. First of all, you know, one, one thing that was really interesting for me just the other day, and this is very anecdotal, but I was talking to a, a CEO coach and she said that she um, introduced this learning curve, you know, schema to one of her clients. And he said, oh, now I know why I'm cranky because oh, <laughs> he realized I'm at the top of my learning curve. I'm bored. And so I've got to figure yeah. out what I'm going to do. But now it makes sense because sometimes people can get at the top of a learning curve and they look around and they say, all the markers say I should be so happy. I am sitting on top of the world and I'm cranky, like what's happening? And then he just said, oh, well, I know now why I'm not happy because I'm not learning. And when we're not learning, we're, we're meant to be learning machines. Yeah. Um, another quick example. Is that enough or do you want me to give another yeah, example? Yeah, no, go on. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Another example, I think, of really putting this whole idea into practice is um, is a fellow by the name of Dan Shapiro. And mm. he, you know, he was absolutely the top of his learning curve. He um, had, he was the v, a VP, one of 25 at, at um, he had, a, he was running a billion dollar business unit. He had a thousand direct reports. I mean, complete top of the curve. Mm-hmm. And he's at, he's at LinkedIn. Yep. And so he's, you know, he starts at LinkedIn at the low end of, of a learning curve. He's in operations. He moves to the top of the curve in 2010. Then he jumps to the bottom of a new curve. Um, and, you know, where he's basically got a business unit, which is sales. They've got $10 million in sales. He's got eight direct reports and four years later, in part because of what if he's done, in part because LinkedIn has been a rocket ship, yeah. he's gone from you know 10 million to a billion dollars, eight reports to a thousand reports. So it goes and he has this walking meeting with his boss um, or his boss's boss, the CEO Jeff Weiner, and says, Okay, wow, look at you know, basically, like let's have this be a victory lap. And he shares this dream of, you know, someday I really want to be a CEO of a tech company. Mm-hmm. And his and, and Jeff Weiner says to him, Um, <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you're probably not in the right job because wow. you need to know how to build products 
product and you're a sales guy, you don't know how to build product, you can't yeah. get there from here. Yeah. So Dan Shapiro is like totally discouraged and, you know, for a little while does some self-reflection, comes back and he's like, okay, let's do it. Let's build great product. We're like, what? So basically what he did is he advocated or lobbied to get them to allow him to be an individual contributor yeah. for direct reports. And um, and they were willing to do it. Yeah. And he was willing to do it. He was willing to take that pay cut to have no guarantees. Well, fast forward, it's now 2018. He's at the top of a new curve. He's now responsible for a $2 billion business unit. He's got... Um, I don't know how many direct reports he has now, but basically yeah. he's got sales and product reporting into him. Yeah. He he was willing to disrupt himself and his his boss and his boss's boss were willing to let him disrupt themselves. And so one of the things that happens, and, and again, when he went to the low end of the curve, he didn't know what he was doing, but there were parts he was great at, which is what happens at the low end of the learning curve. But by their their willingness to, to sub-optimize the present in order to optimize the future, to disrupt themselves currently so that they could be disrupted themselves, that is a perfect illustration of this idea of learn, leap, and repeat. Yeah, and that's a big part of the book. I'm glad you brought that up, is that you may suffer in the short term making some of these decisions. You have someone who is performing at a very high level. Um, they might be the star salesperson, uh, the, tie, the top VP, uh, but they might be bored. You know, they, they, they take the diagnostic and they're bored. Well, you may take a short-term hit on that, right? That's I mean, right. I mean, so you got to be right. courageous, right? You do. You have to be courageous. And I think that one of the things you have to do is you have to dig down kind of deep, actually, to do it um, and have a good sense of self because you do in the short term take hit, take a hit. There's a potential loss of productivity. Yeah. There's a potential loss of this fiefdom that you build. Everything is working. Yeah. Um, and so and, but I think one of the things it, we can do and I encourage people to do is say, OK, in the long run, this is going to benefit yeah. the organization. In the long run, it's going to benefit me because now I'm going to become a talent magnet because people are going to be like, if I go work for her, if I go work for him, I know like it's Coach Calipari in Kentucky. They are going to have my back, right? Yeah. And then I think the other piece of it, and this is really playing the long game, but this is how you build networks of A-teams across your career. And I know this sounds kind of cliche, but I think it's helpful is if you say, you know, when I die – do I want, you know, people at my funeral saying, because I worked for this person, because work is so much a part of our life, because I worked for this person, my life took a dramatically different positive turn. Yeah. And I think in those moments when we don't want to let those people go, asking ourselves those kinds of questions, it does help us screw up the courage to actually be willing to do it. I'm going to repeat uh, another couple of words that you said, talent magnet. Um, great thought process that you interweave through the book. By the way, one of the people you mentioned uh, is Kelly Hoey. And and uh, I don't remember the, the story of Kelly, but Kelly, yeah, is, Kelly is a friend of mine and uh, actually been on the show and uh, actually going to be working with me on the show soon. And uh, talk about, you know, c uh, coming into a new space and uh, – you know, really had to learn everything she had to learn. So we don't have to get into Kelly Ho, but that, that was an example that you talked about. Um, so continual learning, new challenges. Uh, here's another question. Um, so I'm a middle manager and I take the diagnostic and, I, and whatever it says. Do you recommend that people take this diagnostic to uh, their team members or to their boss? How would they do that, by the way? 
You mean, uh, you they mean take, with, I with take the my diagnostic results? and I find out I'm on this so, so place, someplace on this S curve. And so I might be bored or I want new challenges. Should I take this to my boss? Should I take this to my team members and show them what this is? Should, should there be a conversation around this? Um, yeah, I, I think, I think yes, within the broader context of a conversation of, of this idea of being able to say, okay, you know, we're all on a learning curve. Um, we, I think we tend to, when we hire someone, think it's, you know, we're going to hire them forever. There, it's yeah. our one true employee yeah. and it's not. And so when you can present this idea of every single job or role has a life cycle, um, I think that allows yep. you to then go to your boss and say, okay, so go. here's what we know from this research. I'm, I've been in this role for about four years. And so what it's saying is that I'm very good at this, but over time, I won't be as good at it because my brain just won't be as excited about it. And yeah. so for my benefit, but mostly for your benefit yeah. as a manager and for your benefit as a company, it would behoove hoove us to figure out something new for me to do. Now, I'm not expecting you to just figure that out. What I will do is I have some ideas of what it might make sense for me to do. And and the process of, of us making that happen over the next year, I will do everything in my power to um, train someone to take my place so that you are not left in the lurch. And in fact, I think there's someone coming up right behind me who would be perfect for this role. And so that's what it can look like. Now, again, on your part, that takes a lot of courage because your boss might be like, awesome, adios. (laughs) And so, so when you do that kind of, you have that kind of conversation, there needs to be in the back of your mind, okay, I am willing to leave. And I think that but but the thing is, is that you're making a gamble because otherwise, if they don't, if you don't have the conversation, you're going to end up leaving anyway, or you're, you're going to be miserable. So having the conversation, actually, you don't have very much to lose if you know you're willing to leave anyway, because it might be that you really love working there and you don't want to leave. So if you have the conversation, then there's all opportunity for you to stay and to continue to grow with that organization. Hey, and that's how we build an A team. And that's what you're talking about. So my guest has been Whitney Johnson book is build an a team uh give us your website again i think it's just your name but give it to us again it's whitneyjohnson.com and the diagnostic is there as well as other things how do people find out about your podcast is that uh, on your website also it is if whitneyjohnson.com you can click and click through to the podcast so yeah absolutely thanks so much for being with us uh, whitney it's uh, you wrote a great book i was challenged by it i'm sure our audience will be and they're going to learn from it so thank you so much for being part of the business builder show thank you for having me marty thank you for listening to the business builder show with marty wolf Reminding you to find all our shows and many other great shows on c-suite radio that's c-suiteradio.com On behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show, but stay tuned for information on how you can become part of the C-Suite Network. Bringing the business classroom to you, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. As a loyal fan of this C-Suite Radio Show, we've got an unbelievable offer for you. Listeners to the Business Builder Show get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You'll have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited-time offer today. 
Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR.